Well, good morning, everybody. It is Sunday morning, January the 9th, the day the Cleveland Browns return to the NFL playoffs for the first time since 2002. This is a We Tackle Life podcast uh, that's uh, being released today for a couple reasons. Number one, because uh, I wanted to talk about Ohio State's basketball victory, because tomorrow uh, the attention will probably be entirely on, or at least largely in the sports portion of the podcast, on Ohio State and Alabama playing for the national championship on Monday night. Little news on that. Who's the latest Browns that are available, not available? We'll get into all that in Ohio State's win at Rutgers yesterday. But today will be an extended faith portion of the podcast because that's just kind of where my mind is, and I think that's what's uh, most necessary today because I have ample time to preview Ohio State and Alabama tomorrow. So let's jump into, for uh, a brief portion of the front part of the podcast, thank you for joining on uh, Periscope via Twitter, Facebook, uh, and YouTube, if you're watching there. So I appreciate it very, very much. And let's start with uh, Ohio State arrived yesterday in Miami. The only player that we know did not make the trip is freshman running back Mayan Williams from Cincinnati. I checked all the headlines this morning. I'm checking them again now to see if there's anything else new. Uh, but I don't see anything. He was Ohio State's backup running back in the win over Clemson. He looked really impressive, kind of a bowling ball type of a kid. Um, Master Teague's availability for Monday night? I don't know. Uh, We will find out two hours before kickoff. So Mayan Williams being out and Master Teague perhaps being out, you know, Trey Sermon got to stay healthy. Uh, People have asked me, you know, who's the Ohio State who are the Ohio State players they couldn't win this game without? Well, obviously the first one is Justin Fields. But if you're looking for another guy that I think they can't win this game without, you know, they could, they could win without him, but it'd really make it harder because he does so much for them, is Pete Werner. I know you're thinking I'm going to say Sean Wade. Sean Wade's had a, a good year, an okay year. Sean Wade's not Jeff Okuda on the edge. Sean Wade's going to be a slot corner in the NFL. I think there's a chance they – I really think they have a better chance of winning – without Sean Wade than they would without Pete Werner. Because here's the thing. Pete Werner's going to cover Miller Forrestall, the tight end. They also have another tight end, a freshman, who's really like more of a wide receiver than a tight end, but he gets down the field. And Pete Werner's going to be huge defending the run against Najee Harris. So that's why I say Pete Werner more than Sean Wade, obviously. <laughs> it's a problem if you don't have either one. But Pete Werner is highly underrated, and i got to give Chris Spielman a shout-out. He used to sit over there. That's why I kind of pointed that way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Pete Werner would be the guy that, to me, they really can't afford to lose. And I have no reason you know, why I would bring him up as someone they might lose. I'm just saying we always get guys two hours before kickoff that, oh, my goodness, how are they going to win without him? Well, if you see Pete Werner's name on that report tomorrow, two hours before kickoff, I know he's gotten a bad rap from a lot of people, and he's not all this and all that. I mean, he is all this and all that. You know, it just now strikes me that I am operating on uh, Wi-Fi instead of wired internet. And so this is not going to be professional, but I'm going to have to get up and get my Wi-Fi cord and plug it in. So I'm not going anywhere. Don't you go anywhere. This will take like five seconds. So hold on, because uh, this wouldn't be a We Tackle Life podcast. Without some sort of engineering issue, because Mr. Spielman will thoroughly, this will be Chris's favorite part of this podcast, by the way, is uh, me getting up to plug in the uh, 
the blue Wi-Fi cord. The reason why it's not plugged in at the start of the podcast is because I took my laptop upstairs yesterday to write the Ohio State basketball game. And then when I brought it down here this morning, uh, and then I was on Zoom Sunday school this morning uh, because our church uh, leadership, our church uh, pastoral team has COVID or is recovering from COVID. By the way, prayers, if you're a praying person, pray for my pastor, uh, Martin. That's his first name, Martin. He's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. And um, Martin's in the hospital. So uh, love you, Martin. Love you as a brother. Praying for you big time. And um, so <clears throat> that's why I didn't have the cord plugged in. Now I should be able to ax out of stories and get into stories better and all that. Okay, what about that? I'll get to the Browns momentarily, and then we'll get to the faith portion. What about that Buckeye Hoops win yesterday? Yeah. Okay, so I'm texting. I don't know if I should say with who. I probably shouldn't say with who. You'd know the name. <laughs> Definitely know the name. Somebody who used to play at Ohio State before yesterday's game at Rutgers without C.J. Walker, out with a ligament injury in his hand. And I said, man, I dread this game today. Because remember the Rutgers game in Columbus a couple of weeks ago. Ohio State was down 16 in the second half and won by 12. I still don't know how that happened, except Rutgers' big man fouled out with uh, eight minutes left. Excuse me, I have to cough. <coughs> okay, sorry. And he went on Twitter after the game as cheating, and the refs made a bunch of money in Vegas tonight. And he deleted the tweets, but come on. You can't delete a tweet like that and not have it be, go viral. So I just thought they were walking into an absolute ambush, and that without C.J. Walker who's really been playing crappy, but now we know why, because his hand, right hand's injured. They're just so thin at the point that I just thought there was no way. Rutgers super motivated, Ohio State depleted. Well, I'll be dogged. They went in there, and they go empty on like their first four or five possessions. Then they start spacing, passing, getting good shots, and they can't miss. Still, they're down five. 23-18, and it's just kind of feeling like, uh-oh, this one's getting out of control. And boom, they hit Rutgers with like a 22-4 to spurt at the end of the half. And then they open up the second half with a 7-0 spurt. So now they're up 20. And they nursed it home. They got a little squirrely at the end because uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that... Um, I noted yesterday that the problem is when Dwayne Washington Jr., who I love, when D-Wash hits a jumper, a three-pointer, like he hit to put him up 20. It was one of those like, I'm guarded, I'm guarded, I'm guarded, I'm going between the legs, I'm going to my right, I'm going to my left, I'm falling back, I'm shooting a three, and he swished it. When he shoots a shot like that, and it goes in, just know that as fun as it is to watch him celebrate and to see Rutgers crushed emotionally... Later on, that's going to embolden Dwayne Washington Jr. to do more things like that. And the likelihood of them working out to the good of the Buckeyes is it's not a high percentage. And so Dwayne had a couple squirrely plays at the end where he's like passing it half court, passing it across the court and all kinds of crazy stuff. And he took a couple other really bad shots after that. So I asked Chris Holtman after the game, I said, you know, you've referred before to Dwayne Washington kind of there's a push pull with the good and the bad. And Holtman gave the line that I led with in my story on pressprosmagazine.com and he said I love that kid but he's going to send me to an early grave. 
<laughs> Let's hope not. Because in my text to my uh, friend who's a former Ohio State basketball player, a former Ohio State basketball captain, in fact, uh, he said to me, and this feels like a double-figure loss. And I said, yeah, it feels like a double-figure loss. But, but we have Chris Holtman, and he always gives us a chance. And that is why Ohio State won that game yesterday. Obviously, E.J. Liddell, Kyle Young, and Zed Key, don't forget my man Zed Key, finger gun Zed Key, were great inside. <clears throat> Washington had 17. Justice Suing was efficient yesterday. He still drives me crazy at times, but he was really efficient. And Jimmy Sotos was outstanding playing for C.J. Walker. But then, of course, Jimmy Sotos, because he's an Ohio State point guard and he's on the endangered species list, as they all are, uh, got hurt late in the game. So we got, let's go. Free season point guard rotation was going to be C.J. Walker, Jimmy Sotos, Abel Porter. Well, it's going to be Abel Porter, then Jimmy Sotos. They're all three out. Wednesday, they play Northwestern. They should crush Northwestern because they owe Northwestern from giving them a win in Evanston early. So we saw Michi Johnson yesterday. Yeah. I want to see more Michi. Freshman from Garfield Heights Trinity. Love it. So the Buckeyes get to 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten. And they'll probably climb back in the ratings tomorrow because Rutgers was number 15. That's a great win for them. A great, great, great win for them. Okay, Browns tonight. First, let me remind you, I got to do the sponsors. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Folks, the, the orders to Hemisphere have lagged a little bit, honestly. And I don't want to lose them as a sponsor because, you know, I like making money on my podcast, or at least a little bit of money. But more so, it bothers me that if the orders slack, that means they don't, they can't plug in as much to their growers around the world. Now, listen, this since this is Sunday, and since I'm going to do an extended faith portion of the podcast, Hemisphere Coffee is tremendous coffee because it's grown in climates where the climate is ideal for coffee. It's not this dreck that you get at your grocery store or why would you support a liberal? Well, I'm, I'm trying not to make the podcast um, political. <clears throat> there, you know, if you are a person who um, believes in traditional values, let's put it that way, then you know, Hemisphere would be a company that I think you could feel good about patronizing because, for instance, in Thailand, their grower. Now, their grower, I know you're picturing in your head like one guy with a cart and a horse. No. <laughs> These growers in Thailand and particularly in Indonesia, they're guys who have big coffee plantations. And don't get snookered by the word plantation. They don't have slaves. They pay their people and then... They take the money they make from Paul and the Hemisphere Coffee team, and they plug in. Like in Indonesia, Diego's planted 50 churches in Indonesia. 50. In Thailand, their village where the coffee plantation is, it's something about the topography. It's on kind of a, in a remote location, kind of up, up in higher elevation. If you live in that area and you're a female, you got two choices. You can work in a coffee plantation or you can work in human trafficking. You can be a prostitute. You can be a sex slave. They have saved 70, they employ 70 women on that plantation. So they don't have to uh, degrade themselves and put themselves in imminent danger. So that's why I tell you to support Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, because you get great coffee. <laughs> yeah, you're getting that end of the deal. You're saving money. Use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. But you're also doing uh, great things in uh, far-flung lands. You know, if you believe in the Ray Bolt song, 
Thank you for giving to the Lord. It's a powerful song. It's about the impact that you can make in the world, even though you don't even know it. Imagine that scenario where you get to heaven someday and someone comes up to you and thanks you because you bought coffee that enabled them to have a job so they didn't have to be a prostitute. So they didn't get murdered by somebody who's, you know, a crazy person hiring a sex slave. Dramatic? Yeah. Does it happen? Yeah, it does. But not to those women because they're working for a, a grower with an awesome Christian heart. So, And that's supported by Hemisphere. So that's what you're doing when you buy from Hemisphere. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Okay. Browns tonight against the Steelers. It's cool this is the last game of the day. It's really cool. Everything crescendos toward this. And it gives the Browns a chance to, you know, game plan more <clears throat> because they practiced Friday for the first time. I think the NFL is so dumb in that they're not letting Kevin Stefanski coach this game from Pittsburgh. Stefanski coached the team on Zoom all week. And I know we got a virtue signal about... See, here's the thing. Letting Kevin Stefanski coach the game uh, with COVID does not mean that you put anybody else in peril with COVID. The Browns have players and coaches driving to Pittsburgh today. Kevin Stefanski, do you think he wouldn't drive to Pittsburgh today for an 8 o'clock kickoff, drive by himself, not stop at Wendy's, not, you know, anything, stay away from everybody? You think you could not go to Pittsburgh and with no fans there, walk him into the stadium, put him in a booth, let him coach? Of course you could. So that's just kind of, to me, uh, the NFL wants to show that they're serious about COVID because people get upset if they give the appearance of not being safe with COVID. But there, here's the here's the latest on the personnel. Okay, Browns tackle Jack Conklin, an all-pro, traveled to Pittsburgh solo because of an illness but not COVID. Coaches drove separately. Players flew. That was from the NFL. The player, they wanted the players to fly. Okay, Denzel Ward, former Buckeye, Kevin Johnson is out. There's a... DBs, hurts the defensive backfield. But safety Ronnie Harrison was cleared, so he'll play. Harrison Bryant and Malcolm Smith also activated. Donovan Peoples-Jones activated from concussion protocol. So they're limited, but they can still win the game. And I wouldn't put it past them to win this game. It's just going to be fun to watch the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs. Really, really, really fun to watch. Uh, okay, let me do a quick sponsor read, then I'll get into another, then I'll get into the face portion of the podcast. Uh, by the way, you can send a message on Facebook. Uh, so two of you have. I try to look up at the camera while I'm doing this. Good morning, Pooh Bear. Good morning, Thomas. Uh, <laughs> um, I try to look up at the camera. The, the consequence of looking up at the camera is that I'm not looking down to see if anybody's sending me any messages on Facebook. So I don't mean to ignore your messages. I just mean to be more engaged with you. <clears throat> okay. Uh if you need an attorney ever, get a great attorney firm that can handle any issues you have and get a get an attorney firm that you don't have to worry about your integrity being compromised by their integrity. When you go to Willis Spangler Starling, you are in an awesome spot because no matter what comes across your life palette, personal injury, wills and estate planning, probate, workers' compensation. Those are the biggies. But they have attorneys, but not so many that you go, wow, look at this three-story building full of attorneys. I'm just a number here. No, you're not. It's one level, one wing of offices, enough to be fantastic at what they do, small enough to be personal in what they do. And I know them, and they're motivated by their expertise in the law as an avenue to serve others. So that's why they're my attorney firm, and that's why they should be yours. Willis, Spangler, Starling, 
willisattorneys.com. Okay, so I'm going to be looking down some here because I'm going to be reading some notes that I made because I want to be on uh, on uh, target with what I say, how I say it, and <clears throat> and I'm going to try. I'm going to do this because what I feel right now is a real burden to be productive without being divisive. We have enough division. We have enough rancor and anger. However, when you engage on topics that are the source of the rancor, divisiveness and anger, it is possible that you may not like what I say on a certain thing. My burden is to, as the Apostle Paul said, as much as is possible, live at peace with all men. I'm not going to tell you that one side of our world today, our country today, is right and the other side is wrong. I'm not going to do that because there is plenty of wrong on both sides. So I tried to think this morning, what game plan can I give people at an unprecedented time in our country? What do I mean by an unprecedented time? Well, we've never seen our capital storm before, so that's unprecedented and egregious. We've never had a president impeached twice before, which we may have that this week. Uh, We are very, very divided. Now, we were very divided in the 60s, and we have individual issues that polarize us and have division. But I think this is a a notable, regrettable, but notable period of disagreement in our country right now. So I look at life, and I order my life through the prism of my faith. I don't serve a president I don't serve a political party. I may embrace some of their policies, but I serve Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and my Savior. Donald Trump is not my Savior. Joe Biden is not my Savior, and he's not yours either. He may uh, have policies that you embrace or that you repel, but um, the the, the battle in our world is a battle between good and evil. I'm not applying those labels to one side of the aisle or another. I'm saying that battle between good and evil rages. And it and it impacts, it infuses all of humanity. And in our country, we see it playing out this battle. That's not I'm not saying one side's evil and one side's good. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a battle of good and evil going on. As a follower of Jesus Christ, my call is to what? Spread the gospel. Make disciples. That's the Great Commission. So God has put me in certain places in life to reflect his character, to glorify his character, in hopes of drawing people to him through my example or my words or whatever else I do. Okay, there is no separating my earthly life from my heavenly perspective. In Colossians three twenty three, God says, "Whatever you do," I say God says it because I firmly believe that the Word of God is is given to men for us. Okay, so the Apostle Paul wrote it, but it came to him through the Holy Spirit, which is part of the Trinity: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. So your paycheck may say nationwide insurance 
or it may say Worthington Industries, or it may say, you know, WBNS-TV. But if you are a Christian, what you are doing, you are working for God's kingdom. Now, what did Jesus say about his kingdom? When Pontius Pilate was presiding over the trial of Christ, he asked Jesus, so you're king, huh? And Jesus said, yeah, yeah, I am a king. Well, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, my kingdom, my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom, and it is not impacted by anything that goes on here. It is not limited. It is not ordered. It is not shaped by anything that goes on in this life. All the things that go on in this life periodically catch us by surprise. They don't catch God by surprise. Okay, so what is the best word of direction that I feel I can give today, January 9th, at a time where I will just say that say it this way, things are happening in our country that I never thought I would see happen. I have mentioned before <clears throat> on this podcast that I am extremely, yeah, I'm proud that my father served his country in the European theater in World War II. I'm extremely proud of that. My father was a patriot. When we are seeing, and again, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's right. Well, no, I, I think this is wrong. When we are seeing viewpoints in our country denied airing, that is anti the U.S. Constitution. Okay, I believe in the, the free exchange of ideas, and given the enlightenment of Scripture. That will help me evaluate the ideas, okay? Whether the ideas are good or evil, true or not true. So what do you need to do to, as a Christian, operate in this world where things are happening that have never happened before? People are being denied uh, the ability to speak, the ability to circulate their views, the ability to speak and engage with others in our technological society. Paul, in Ephesians 6, says, um, put on the full armor of God to guard against Satan's schemes. Part of that armor is the belt of truth, okay? The belt of truth. So I think it's very clear that God esteems truth. Okay, so let's pursue this a bit. Truth is where we are to land. And I don't know of anybody, whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican, I don't know of anybody who wants to believe in something that is not true. Both sides believe strongly that what they put forth is truth, right? They both believe that. So as Christians, it is essential that we not become distracted by issues, we become focused on truth. Then from that truth, we can shine the light of truth on issues, on opinions, on news events, and we can determine with the Holy Spirit's guidance inside us 
how we should, uh, should react. So when I think about truth and I think about encouraging you to focus on truth, then the one place that I know where there's truth is right here in the Holy Bible. <clears throat> in these 66 books. And as I've said before, in Proverbs, which I read a chapter of Proverbs every day that corresponds to the date of the month. So today it's Proverbs 9. And I've gone through this. Yes, I do it every month. So every time I've, I've been through this now, lots and lots of times, and it's pretty hard to find a verse that I don't underline because it's the miracle of the Word of God that it speaks to you differently at different times. But in the very beginning of Proverbs 1, Solomon lays out, I'm going to write these Proverbs, and here's why I'm going to write these Proverbs. And the very first like instruction in Proverbs is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. All right, wisdom and truth are not very far apart, if at all, okay? So, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge and wisdom are not very far apart, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. <clears throat> so you don't want to be a fool. I said before, nobody wants to believe and order their life through something that's not true. So what does the Bible tell us about truth? So I was just trying to roll around in my head today. Okay, what what does where does the word truth come in the Word of God? Well, the number one verse that I think of when I think of truth is Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay, well, how will I know the truth? Okay, so that's John 8 I think it's 31, if, and this is what he says, the disciples are like, how do we know what's, how do, the people who followed him, not just the disciples, not the 12 disciples, but like his larger ministry following, said to him, how do we know? How do we know? Well, I'll just read it for you. Here we go. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So that's the standard. You want to be a disciple of Christ? You got to hold to his teaching. Then you will know the truth. Then, if you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right, what's his teaching? What's his teaching? Well, he tells you that in John 8, they asked him a similar question. Uh, rather, John 6. They asked him a similar question. I shared this the other day. What must we do to do the works of God? Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who is sent. he has sent. All right, so you believe in Jesus as the Son of God. You believe that he, can sa he will save you from your sins on the cross. But what are his teachings? Well, his teachings are varied, and that's, you find them in this, in this holy word. So his kingdom is not of this world. So your agenda is to establish whatever viewpoint on politics. You're trying to work for a kingdom that he's not concerned with. He's not concerned with the, whatever kingdom is here. Um, another thing that people don't like, but it's very true, is we are promised persecution to identify with Christ's sufferings. That's in 1 Peter. He says it glorifies us. It honors us to be persecuted. In Philippians, Paul writes, we live in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Peter says we are aliens and strangers in this world. And in Philippians, Paul also says, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is noble, think on these things. So if I'm sitting around all day and I'm roiling myself up inside thinking about this political issue, that political issue, blah, 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 is that good? 
Is that praiseworthy? What is that noble? No, it's not because it gets me into a mindset of discord, and and it and it crushes my spirit. It crushes my enthusiasm. It crushes my peace. So finally today, I landed on First Peter three, and I I want to go through this scripture starting in verse fourteen, because I said sufferings are commendable. That's the word it's used. Commendable. Think about the disciples, okay? We have churches meeting all over the world today, all over our country, on Zoom, everywhere, because 12 men and an, and an assortment of other followers, there were by then hundreds, maybe even a thousand, maybe even more than a thousand followers of Christ, stood on a hill outside Jerusalem and physically watched their hope for the future be tortured and murdered. They watched that, okay? So what do they glean from that? If I hold to his teaching, which is what he told them, if you hold to my teaching, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. He's hanging on a cross. He's not free, not, not in our sense of free. He's suffering. So the reason why the Romans crucified people in public was to do what? To scare people, to to whatever they're up there for. If you do that, guess what? You're next. So the 12 disciples who watched Jesus hang on a cross and be speared in the side and be mocked and spit on and everything else had no doubt, no doubt that if they followed his teaching and perpetuated his teaching in the world, they were going up there too. And they did. Every single one of them except John, who was um, exiled to the island of Patmos. <clears throat> so every single disciple was martyred, except for John, who went, as I said, into seclusion, uh, banishment on the Isle of Patmos. So why would you hang on that cross and suffer that fate? Because you know it's true. Nobody can move you off of it. That is the foundation we need to have under us as Christians today. No matter what's coming in terms of persecution, because now I'm going to read 1 Peter 3, 14 through 17. Even if you suffer for doing right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they, non-Christians, fear. Do not fear what they fear. COVID, economic uncertainty, war. Do not fear that. He says, do not fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. So you got all these worldly events going on and all this stuff that can occupy your mind. You got all these things you can devote yourself to. But he says, your heart should be devoted to Christ as Lord. And then he says this. This is very interesting. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Okay, so if you're doing what he said to do, set your hearts on Christ, don't fear, people are going to go, hey, there's something different about you. Like, why aren't you scared? Why aren't you mad? Why aren't you upset? Why aren't you... Fu-? And then he says, in those situations, always be 
prepared. Prepared. Can you be prepared if you haven't immersed yourself in the Word of God? I would submit that no, you cannot be prepared. You might wing it, but you won't be like fully integrated into the Spirit and prepared to give an answer. And it says give an answer to everyone who asks. So if someone who you think, boy, if they know what I really believe at work, um, I'm really, I'm going to lose my job. Now, I'm not advocating to do what you do and lose your job because I can't afford to pay pay for your family's lodging. That's stuff you got to, you got to straighten that out through your own prayer time and stuff like that. Okay. But I'm just saying it. Don't blame me. I'm reading what it says. Always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the hope that you have. Ah, wait, there's more. Do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that, okay, so let's let's cover that a bit. So, I always felt this 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 pang of regret inside when I'd be doing the pregame show at Ohio State and I would see street preachers out there ripping on people and showing images that are not they were not engaging in the gospel of Christ in a loving way. They were not. I believe their hearts were, I believe their motives were laudable. Their methods were regrettable. Peter says, do this, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. People say, well, how are are you not afraid? You can give a gentle, respectful answer to that. That will allow your conscience to be clear. And and he says, this is why you do it that way. Here's, Peter's going to tell you, why do I do it that way, Peter? It'd be so much more effective, Peter, if I screamed and yelled and told everybody how evil they are. Now, I, I I don't pass this test very often. A lot of times I don't pass this test, particularly on abortion. Peter says you do it with respect and gentleness, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ... Got a few of those in your life? I do. Read my Twitter mentions. <laughs> so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Now, we don't do it so that they'll be ashamed and we can go, ah, ah, I got gotcha. you. No, you do it so that they're convicted. Like, I want what he has and I'm trying to rile him up and he won't get riled up. And man, I wish I had that peace. And then Peter ends, 1 Peter 3, 14 through 17. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Some people will suffer. Some will not. He said, if, if. And I firmly believe God equips those to suffer with whatever they need to suffer. And those who for whatever reason, his wisdom, he does not call to suffer, then they will not be asked to suffer to that degree. So I'm going to spend some time in the book of Acts 
because Acts, written by Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke, Acts details the growth of the early church in the aftermath of Christ's crucifixion. I believe I will gain insight into how to do these things, speak with gentleness, respect, clear conscience, always be ready to give an answer when people ask. I believe I will gain instruction on how to be an authentic, productive disciple from the examples that I'm going to re-study again in Acts. So that's what I'm going to do. If you would like to join me in that, great. Email me your thoughts. I'll be journaling on it. I'll probably be sharing from it here. That is what I'm going to do. Okay. It struck me today as I was thinking about that game plan. Truth. Always being ready to give an answer with gentleness and respect. I may be called to suffer. And that's okay. If I am, that's okay. And I thought about the fact that we're in the midst of a rancorous time, and there's a lot of debate about, is it appropriate for certain voices in our country to be silenced? Um, I have a friend who sent me an email today that I found instructive. I'm not trying to get political here, but I do believe history has a place uh, in our discussion, and we can learn from history. Oh, I didn't want to do that. That's not what I wanted to do. Okay, so you may know the name uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was a uh, author in the Soviet Union, and he spent a lot of time in prison as he was persecuted for his political beliefs. Uh, Solzhenitsyn gave a speech. Um, I'm having trouble, computer trouble. Satan is getting in the way of my way of my uh, methods here. <clears throat> Solzhenitsyn gave a speech talking about one of the first things that the Russian communists did, the Soviet communists did, was to eliminate God from their society. This is not a political opinion. Okay, you might think it is, but it's not. I think it's. I think it's generally true that there's a hostility toward God in our society, and that manifests itself in behavior on both sides of the aisle, on both sides of the aisle. Hostility toward God is, let's boil it down to just a simple three-letter word, sin, right? If you're engaged in sinful behavior, willfully, purposefully, you are not about the kingdom of God, and if you're not about the kingdom of God, you're an enemy of the kingdom of God. Some enemies are right there on the front line doing it blatantly. Some enemies are doing it lazily, don't even know they're doing it. But if you are engaged in sinful activity, you are an enemy of the kingdom of God. You are not about the truth. You are not holding to my teaching, then you will know the truth, then the truth will set you free. So that's why I'm saying, I'm sorry to be harsh, but that's the truth. And I'm telling you the truth. And I got to tell myself the truth. Because I can get real upset about immorality that I'd never engage in and that I'm not, and I'm not tempted to engage in. But am I policing my language? Am I policing my attitude toward others? Am I policing my, uh, what I watch on television, the jokes I tell, the jokes I laugh at? 
Uh, it's easy for Republicans to rail, and I'm top of the list, man. It's easy for me to rail on abortion. It's easy for me to rail on uh, policies that would give certain constitutional protections to groups that I don't think should have them because I think they're uh, suffering from a mental illness or I think they're uh, hopeless, they're wayward in their behavior. It's easy for me to do that. It's not right for me to do that and not condemn things that I see among friends of mine who may think politically like I do, but I know that they're, I know they're not ordering their life correctly on uh, what they watch, what they say, what they view on the internet, all those things. I have friends of mine whose kids uh, are living together. If I'm going to call out moral- immorality on one hand, you got to call it out everywhere. Um, gentleness and respect, Bruce. Gentleness and respect. Okay, so I'm just saying, let's be, let's hold to the truth. But it struck me now that we're in this age where there's all this rancor about he's I've been de I've been deplatformed. I may be deplatformed by Twitter. I may be deplatformed by Facebook. And will that be an inconvenience? Um, is it an inconvenience for you? Is it an inconvenience for whoever else? I mean, there's a there's a popular social media thing, social media, I guess, platform that is being, uh, their servers being taken away. And they, they may go dark at like 3 a.m. on Monday morning, and they may, they'll have to find another server. And I, I on one hand, I look at that and I go, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, we fought, my dad fought a war so that that kind of stuff wouldn't happen here. And now it's happening here. Wait a minute, our country was founded so that wouldn't happen here. And it's happening here. And God put some, a really interesting thought on my heart. And I thought about Acts, and I thought about the growth of the church, and I thought about 12 guys watching Jesus hang on the cross. And then I thought about, I'm having a Zoom Sunday school class today, and there are churches, if my pastoral staff didn't have COVID, we'd be meeting in a church. And there are churches, you can't go down, you can't drive three miles in this country in a metropolitan environment and not see a church of some sort. They may be a church in error, but they're a church, Right. They're worshiping. They're putting their faith out there. You didn't see that in the Soviet Union. God laid on my heart about this whole deplatforming stuff and all that. He's like, hey, Bruce, you know, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest viral movement of all time. Spread throughout the world. Spreads amid persecution. Spreads amid the state furthering it, spreads in all conditions, spreads in all countries, spreads in all environments, filters into every aspect of the world. And guess what? The Romans tried with everything they had, every bit of power they had in their empire. They tried to deplatform it. And yet, the gospel of Jesus Christ flourishes in the world without having a server, <laughs> without having an app, without having uh, a Twitter site, without having a parlor site, without having Facebook, the gospel of Jesus Christ spread throughout the world and infuses the world and gives those of us who understand what Jesus did at the cross 
a hope that no uh, billionaire can silence. So what God really laid on my heart was, just because the mission may be getting harder doesn't change the mission. Doesn't change the mission. So that's what I leave you with today. Immerse yourself in truth. That's the Holy Scriptures. Take a lesson from Peter. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have. Do it with gentleness and respect. And there are entire books in the Bible that have stories of people who faced way more difficult circumstances than having your social media platforms taken away. How did they respond? Well, probably if it survived to get in the Bible, God blessed it by putting it in his in one of the 66 books or one of the many chapters in the Bible, then it probably is a lesson that he would like for you to take a lesson from and for me to take a lesson from. Because everything that I say is not intended to be outward to you without being inward to me. So that is where we are today. And that is what I'm going to leave you with today. Um, as we get ready to watch some NFL football and enjoy a Sunday and um, enjoy family and other things. Uh, you can send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. I think I'm going to, I think I know what my new email is going to be. I'll be trying to get that set up because I'll give it to you. If I give it to you before it's set up, then I'll miss emails from you. Um, I did have an awesome email. I'm going to share that tomorrow on the podcast. And um, other than that, you know, I, I haven't talked about my friends at AUI. I just mentioned that if open enrollment passed and you think I can't get health insurance until next year on healthcare.gov, there are circumstances where you can get new insurance at any point of the year on healthcare.gov. For instance, if you move and you change your county, your county of address, obviously if you lose your job, you can get new coverage. And if you run your own operation, if you're a sole, if you're a, a one-man band or a one-woman band, a, attorney, accountant, consultant, plumber, a doctor, and you just do your thing and you're not part of a bigger group, uh, the government looks, you as a, looks at you as a group of one and you can get your insurance changed anytime. So the way you do that is go through auiinfo.com. And we do have some business owners who listen to the podcast. AUI offers so many added value things at no extra cost, including HR. And HR can be a crusher in your budget and a crusher of your business if you don't handle it right. And man, you mix COVID in there and all the compliance issues and what can you do for an employee who has certain things that you have to respect, but they're not productive anymore and how you separate from them or how do you integrate them or whatever. AUI offers that service free to business owners. So auiinfo.com and they're so easy to interact with on chat. Uh, go to their website. You can't be on there five seconds before a chat pops up. Zoom meeting, phone call, uh, in-person visit, whatever you want. AUIinfo.com, AUIinfo.com. And if you're a business owner, they can not only help you with health insurance, but disability coverage, life insurance, dental, vision, all those things. I know it's a long process to change, but you want somebody who's going to spend a bunch of time with you and a bunch of interactions with you and ongoing update you on things. That's Chrissy and the AUI team. I don't represent bad people. I represent great people. So I'm just so, I never, you know, the one thing I never worry about, I never worry about anybody goes, oh, you sent me to those, you sent me to this coffee place. The coffee's bad. You sent me to the Willow Spangler Star. You sent me to AUI. I never get a complaint. I get a lot of thank yous, but I never get a complaint because I know their hearts. I know their mission. 
and I know their character. So those are the great people that help this podcast uh, continue. Um, I really hope it encouraged you today. I needed encouragement. I was struggling. I'm struggling with my role at the station, and I don't want to be a clanging gong. I don't want to be somebody that increases the rancor. And you say, holy cow, I read your Twitter the other day. How can you say you're not trying to increase the rancor? I feel convicted on a lot of those things. I don't delete them because it's just stupid to delete them. They're out there. I, I'll, I'll own it. I'll repent of it if I need to, but I'll own it. And so um, <clears throat> I don't have all the answers, folks. I just try to be transparent and share with you what I am feeling and what I feel God lays on my heart, and I hope it encourages you. Um, I hope it strengthens you because we are, as disciples of Christ, we are in this together, and we all have the same mission. And Hopefully we can do it with distinction to bring others to him and to know the, uh, the hope that we have. 1 Peter 3, 14 through 17. That's my mantra going forward today. With that, uh, I will hit the out music, and I will thank you for your time. And I will tell you that uh, I'll post these. Uh, I'll, if you sign up, look, look at my Facebook or follow me on Twitter or whatever, you'll get a notification every time I'm going to go live. So my friend Steve told me, hey, if you don't put it on, if you don't do it on camera, people don't know it's coming, and then... They don't get the uh, benefit of listening to it, if it's a benefit. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.